Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I don't want to be nervous, but I can't help it. I'm worried. There's a thing that we do here that I don't know if we can do it again this week. I'm worried. We'll get to our picks later at the end of the show. Tyler Shoemaker is going to make you money with getting in the weeds. We're going to make our our picks in the Power Five conferences, but there's a thing, Tyler. There's a thing that we have now. We're famous. We're famous for a particular thing here on Betting the Buckeyes, where we look at Ohio State football from a gambling perspective. We, of course, would direct you to our pre, our regular preview show. Nathan, me, Stephen, a couple Penn State guys. We're doing that on our other Ohio State podcast here on this Friday. But Tshu is at thirteen and a half. That's the first quarter total. Thirteen and a half. Yep. Yeah. So what we do here, typically, we're, we always make Tyler come up with the best thing. If you if you like Ohio State football and you maybe want to bet on the Buckeyes, what can you do? And we have discovered the world of first quarter totals. And Tyler, um, this is this is peak betting content with the way that you have dominated first quarter totals this year. Um, Thirteen and a half for Penn State. What? What do you think of this number? I don't even know what your best bet for Ohio State is going to be yet, but that first quarter, I've been up. I'm sleepless. I can't stop thinking about 13 and a half as this first quarter total. What do you think of it? It is exactly where I projected it. So, oh so unfortunately, nervous. I think our, our run of first quarter over domination comes to an end this week. Okay. Okay. So I just, I, I'm just telling you, trying to game out how this game is going to work, what the game script is going to be for Ohio State, Penn State. I have myself somewhere in like a middling tight game that Ohio State blows open at the end, which I just think is what they often do against really good teams. I just, Tyler, this Penn State secondary, I could see a world where Ohio State scores a touchdown in the first quarter, but maybe they like, open with a touchdown, then punt, and then they get the ball back a third time, but they're in the midst of a drive on the quarter ends. And maybe Penn State's added a field goal, but it's seven to three. And it doesn't, it's not like Ohio State fans would be worried, but they're just working it out a little bit. I just, this Penn State, is this Penn State defense from your perspective? And I just love always hearing 
what your numbers are telling you and how you view the opposition when Ohio State's playing a good team. I just think this Penn State defense has a chance to not let the Buckeyes do what they often do, kind of what Iowa did last week, but that's 13 and a half. That's why I'm, I'm a little glad that we're not going there. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't love it. Um, I've got this Penn State defense rated 13th in the country, which is okay. one spot ahead of Notre Dame. So, you know, we think about how that Notre Dame game went and – you know, the, the offense struggled for a majority of that game until they really started pounding the rock. So I, I'm hoping and my first quarter bet's going to be or my my Ohio State bet's going to be tied to the Ohio State run game because I think, you know, Michigan just pounded them with the line of scrimmage. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards ran crazy on them. And I think I think that might be a blueprint for what Ohio State can do uh, here that they figured out late in that Notre Dame game. So how how's first quarter life treating you, though? We know you've been zeroing on this and digging in on these first quarter totals even more because of the great success with the Buckeyes. How's how they've been doing? How they do last week? Yeah, the the overall numbers have have been solid, like solid enough that I'm still you know doing the projections and looking at them and trying to find some value. But I got absolutely killed uh, on. I, I bet two. I had two bets on first quarter totals last week. Uh, aside from Ohio State, I had the Marshall James Madison under that got shot because of a weird special teams resulting in short fields. Like Marshall James Madison ended up going over in the first quarter and then only scoring like six more points for the next two and a half quarters combined. It was, it was frustrating. And then I had the uh, South Carolina, Texas A&M first quarter under and South Carolina returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And and it was all downhill from there. (laughs) So special teams really, really killed me last week. But you had another very good South Carolina bet. Texas I did. So, so last week. I was I was conflicted because I, I did one of my best bets last week was South Carolina plus three, and the, and they won outright. You know, thanks in large part to that opening kick touchdown. But that that killed my my first quarter bet. Can, can I ask you a question? This maybe would qualify more as an advice tidbit, but it's something that happened in the Ohio State game last week, and I, I want to ask you about it because. I don't know if you paid attention to what Nathan and Steve and I predicted last week, but as the Ohio State-Iowa game was unfolding, and I was thinking about the bets that we made, fake bets that we made, on whether to give the points or not with Ohio State, and then on the total. And we, I certainly gave the points. Ohio State was favored by 28, but then I took the under. I think the under, I think the over was like 49 and a half. Yep. And when I started thinking about it, as the game was going on, like once I was scored 10, I think I, like I couldn't win because I now had a yeah. team that it was like if Ohio state had to score, it was close. It was like, if the only way I could win at that point was like, if the final score was 39 to 10, that I won yep. both bets. Right. And so should you be very careful when you're making maybe like two bets like that in a single game of making sure that you're marrying your picks that the idea of giving 28 points in a world where the over-under is 49 and a half, like, well, you better take the over then because if the, you think they're going to win by more than 28, do you think they're going to win 31 to nothing? If you don't think that, you know what I mean? Like the Ohio yeah. State ended up covering, but they also went over. I was nervous about Iowa doing nothing and they did nothing offensively, but they got the defensive touchdown and that was enough to make it, I felt like, almost impossible for me to win both bets. How much should you link that in your mind to think like, man, you're giving yourself a very narrow window if you bet it wrong. Yeah. It's funny you bring this up because this is something that I've 
thought a lot about this week because I've, I've had a, a few bets here over the last couple of weeks that I did have, mul- I, I did, you know, have a, a side and a, a total bet on a game. And it's hard because on one hand, you know, some books won't even let you like do a parlay of like, if you want to take Ohio state in the under or whatever, they won't even let you do that because they deem certain things uh, correlated. So they won't even let you take um, what they call a correlated parlay where you're taking a side and, and a total. So I've thought a lot about that this week. I think I'm going to really try not to do that because to your point, it really does kind of paint you in a corner of like, you better nail the game script. Like your projection on both sides better, better be good because otherwise you can lose both of them. And it's, you know, or, or you split and you, you, might as well have not even made the bet in the first place. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, th- I think that's a really good point. And it is something, for instance, you know, we're recording here Thursday night. Uh, Washington State and Utah are, are set to play here in a little bit. And I've got a bet on Washington State. And my numbers also really like the under. But I didn't bet the under for this very reason. Because I was like, man, I d- you know, I don't want Utah to pull Washington State up into a faster paced game where Washington State can still cover, but it's going to go over. And then I'm, you know, breaking even basically. Yeah. Once Iowa scored a defensive touchdown, it was like, okay, I'm going to split. So, yep. and again, then like, what am I doing? So it, it just felt like in the end, I liked Ohio state giving the points last week. I was really, I didn't like the, I didn't like the total at all. I wouldn't have bet the total like hypothetically, but we make our picks on Buckeye talk. And again, like my, my score pick was under, but I really felt confident about Ohio state giving the 28 and that was right. But I was so confident with that, I just should have just said, well, I got to take the over then. Because if yep. Iowa does anything, then – or Ohio State – and Ohio State hit the over by itself. They yep. scored 54 when the over-under was 49.5. So Iowa could have gotten blank. So there's two defensive scores in that game. It's like you take out the two defensive scores and now you're kind of getting – but stuff like that happens. So I was I was just thinking about that a lot last week of – I mean, literally, you can, you can box yourself into a situation where there's only like four – final scores that you can win both your bets with and it's like there's five thousand final scores in the world why would i put myself in a box where only four of them can hit for me to win both so okay lesson learned which is what this podcast is all about it's certainly not about winning money listening to me so it's about learning through my mistakes which again really is what what every aspect of my life is about is learning (laughs) through my mistakes so we are not rolling with the ohio state first quarter total what is your Ohio State bet of the week then? So my Ohio State bet this week, I had to I had to do some digging here to to find something, you know, Ohio State friendly that I liked. And I came across a prop that I like. And I'm gonna go with Travion Henderson over zero point five touchdowns. So you're betting on him to score a touchdown at even money. And I think for I like this for for a couple of reasons. One, you know, he hasn't quite had the dominant season that I think some people maybe thought he would have uh, partially, partially due to injury, partially due to the, the coming on of Maya Williams this year. But also, like I mentioned, I think Ohio state's going to be able to pound the ball a little bit uh, this, this game. And I, I think you think back to that 2019 game, I think that whole first drive Ryan day just came out and just pounded it with JK Dobbins right down Penn state's throat, just to kind of show that they could, and I won't be surprised if that's kind of the game script here this week. Uh, so, so for that reason, I like Trey to, to score a touchdown here this week at even money. 
Four touchdowns for Trevion Henderson this season. Two against Arkansas State, one against Toledo, one against Michigan State. Ohio State's been good in the red zone. And I know like Kevin Wilson was talking the other week about, uh, we all see this. It's like it just tightens up in the throw game in the red zone. And it's funny, Kevin Wilson was saying like, you know, uh, you know, Coach Day likes to throw down there. <laughs> it was sort of like, well, Ryan Day likes to throw everywhere. Ryan Day likes to throw at his one. He likes to throw at your one. But, you know, just the idea of you get down there and you just can you can line up seven guys kind of across the goal line and all of a sudden there's no room and you take away the deep shot and all that stuff. It can be hard to throw. So, I, th- I mean, there's multiple ways. If you like the idea of Penn State has a pretty good secondary, maybe they try to keep stuff in front of them, which means they're going to have to drive it, which means you are going to maybe get in running situations in the red zone. And I'll tell you, I'm still waiting, Tissue. I'm waiting for like the 70-yard Trevion Henderson screen catch and run. You know, they just yep. have not thrown him the ball this year, which is fine. They're busy throwing it to Mekhek Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Cade Stover, and that works pretty darn well too. But I think like, that's the thing when you bet a dynamic running back like this, maybe it's a free one do- you know, one yard touchdown run, which anybody could do. But you also you set yourself up to cash the breakaway. Because Travion can run away from people. And so I think game script, what you're talking about, you bet on a game script situation where I'm betting on the lead back to score a touchdown. Okay, that's reasonable. And then you're betting on the individual talent of a guy who, if he if he gets past a linebacker, might, might has the ability to take it to the house. So you're kind of doubling your chances there. So I like it. What was the what was the bet at minus one ten? You said what was it? No, even money plus plus one hundred. Even money, so okay. Bet bet a hundred oh. to to win a hundred. So uh, I, I like that with with the odds. Um, there were some other props that you know I, I kind of liked, but when you when you factor in the the odds, it just wasn't worth it. Like there were some you know uh, like Marvin Harrison Jr. to to catch a touchdown was like minus two fifty. So like I'm not I'm not going to lay that to to bet that. But no, yeah. I, well and. And again, like you think, think back to the Penn State Michigan game. I mean, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards busted multiple like huge runs on them. So I, I think if Ohio State can can do that whatsoever, you know, even if Trey doesn't get one in the red zone necessarily, I I, I think what you're saying probably lines up more with how I picture this is him just busting one, you know, because they're yep. so concerned about the pass game. All right. That's our Ohio State bet of the week from TSU. When we come back, we're going to start talking about picks in the Power Five. We'll do it next on Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Tishu, I'm off another terrible week. One in four last week. I thought I had a had a vision and everything I thought was wrong. Everything went backwards from what I thought. I'm borderline approaching 
figure out what I think and then come on this show and say the opposite of it, I'm sure you hate that, right? I, like, I'm, what's your I'm right there with you. <laughs> Is that a thing? Figure out if figure out that you're on a cold streak, then keep doing what you're doing in your analysis of the games, and then just flip all your picks. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Would that make I, me a sharp if I did that? I, I don't think I would. I would do that to myself. Uh, but but that that's why. Like when I tweet about podcasts that I listen to, that the guys drive me crazy with with some of the things they say. People are like, "Well, why do you listen?" But I listen because getting their bad information is still good information for me to absorb. So so you know, one way or another, we're we're helping people out. But but yeah, these Tyler, these pss, these Power Five Tyler. picks have been. <laughs> that's that's what the other five Buckeye talks a week are. Be careful, don't tell. That's like I listen to absorb their terrible information. Uh, so your power five picks also not where you want them to be. Huh? Awful. I the the last three weeks I mean have just been abysmal. I mean last week I had I had Kansas State plus three or plus three and a half, and they ended up they were they were winning by two two scores ended up on their third string quarterback and, and didn't cover. Uh, I mentioned yep. the the South Carolina first quarter under that, you know, just went down the drain on the opening kickoff. And it was just kind of a string of luck like that, I think. But I mean, the good news is for, for our listeners, the Ohio state bets have been absolute money. I mean, we're six and one on those this year and my best bets are, are um, in the black. So we are, we are doing a service that just not so much with these power five picks. No, the Power Five picks is for fun. Famous teams, you know. You gotta. It's fun to talk about these games, e- even if you're desperately, de- desperately incorrect. I uh, was one and four last week, which makes me sixteen and twenty-four on the year. So if I can string together back-to-back five and zero oh weeks, I'll be back in the black, and we'll start it here. <laughs> in where will we start? Are we gonna start in the ACC? And I have three bets this week that are road teams in basically coin flip games that I think are slightly better than the home teams. And so I'm taking these road teams and not quite pick And I'm going to start with Notre Dame-Syracuse. And Syracuse was very competitive against Clemson last week. And now they are hosting Notre Dame, and it's a little bit of a juice play. I just don't – I think they might have shot their shot. They were undefeated. They took Clemson to the mat. And Notre Dame is actually playing somewhat significantly better the past couple weeks since the 0-2 start against Ohio State and Marshall. Notre Dame is getting two and a half points at Syracuse. And it's one of these things – I don't know if this is a reference point worth saying, Tyler – like – before the year, if you had set a line on Notre Dame-Syracuse, I mean, Notre Dame as a road team probably would have been favored by 14 or something in this game. So to get, I mean, Notre Dame has more good players. They're Notre Dame. It's Syracuse. Notre Dame's getting points here. I think Notre Dame might slightly be figuring it out. And I think Syracuse, awesome start. But last last week was their Super Bowl. So I'll take Notre Dame with the two and a half, getting that at Syracuse. I think you're going to hit this. I, every better that I follow that I respect loves Notre Dame in this spot. I love Notre Dame in this spot. My number doesn't agree with it. So I'm not betting it, but I, this is one that I'm like, gosh, I wish my number 
was on Notre Dame because I I, know, I just know that that's the right side. I my I don't I don't think my number's right on this game. I think Notre Dame, uh, like you said, the spot Syracuse coming in after that Clemson game, uh, I I just think is a, a terrible spot for them. So yeah, I I love that pick. Uh, I actually my ACC pick is actually that game as well, but I'm going to take under 48, kind of for the same reasons. Mm. I think I think Syracuse coming off that Clemson game, which you know I've, I've mentioned several times, I like to to bet against teams in some form or fashion that are coming off those type of games. But also it's kind of a bad spot for Notre Dame too, just not as bad because they've got Clemson next week. So I think, I think the combination of those things, plus, you know, neither offense is great. Uh, I I just think this is going to be a defensive slugfest. I project it uh, about 46 and a half. And when I, when I only look at like their last three games, so really like their conference type games, I would project it at like 43 and a half. Uh, so I, I, I think this is going to go under, I, I could see this being like a 21, 17 type type game. No, I like that again, Notre Dame, since they're Owen two start four and one in their last five, their losses, a two point loss to Stanford. So, um, but again, they're not, they, they scored 40 something on UNLV last week, but it's UNLV. I, I do think the, the idea of like this, this is a game in the twenties for both team, I think makes a lot of sense. All right, let's go. To another pick like this for me in the Big 12, it's a team that I feel like we've I've talked about a lot. We've talked about a lot. Oklahoma State's getting a point and a half at Kansas State. You know, Oklahoma State beat – I think like, Oklahoma State just like might be good. They have one loss against TCU. It kind of felt like they were the better team in that game, and they got off to a big lead, and they blew it. Kansas State also has felt like a good team. They lost to Tulane, but now they're coming off a loss, right? I don't – I think it's a coin flip, and if I get a point and a half, it's not much. I just think there's a chance that Oklahoma State's like one of the best eight teams in the country, and they need this. This is a big game. They Both teams need this. Both teams have one loss in the Big 12. This is a big game. The winner of this is probably on track for the Big 12 title game, and the loser is in trouble for that. So it's not a super convincing case by me, but I'll take the one and a half with Oklahoma State on the road at Kansas State. I like that. I I literally had this when I'm planning out my my picks. I had Oklahoma State written in, but then I erased it only because of the quarterback uncertainty, really on both sides. Because yep. Spencer Sanders has been dealing with an injury and playing through it, and like every week, it's like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I don't know. And then, like I said, Kansas State lost Adrian Martinez and their backup uh, in in the last game against TCU. So I don't quarterback uncertainty on both sides of that uh, kind of made me stay off of it. But if I had to make a play, it would be Oklahoma state in that game. Uh, My big 12 pick is going to be Iowa state plus one and a half against Oklahoma. Um, I, this is tricky because I I projected at Iowa state minus seven, but that's based on like the aggregate team data. And I know that there was like a game and a half where Dylan Gabriel was hurt. So I was like, okay, let me go back and, and remove those from from the equation and see what what I come up with. And I still would have Iowa State favored. So they they've just been better on the field uh, than Oklahoma has has this year. So I mean, I would still make it like Iowa State minus six, even without the TCU and Texas games in there due to Dylan Gabriel's injury. Uh, Iowa State's got my number two opponent adjusted defense, so that that's that's huge. You know, I think a lot of that has to do with them. You know, really. Uh, stonewalling Texas there uh, a little bit uh, a few weeks ago. So that good of a defense catching one and a half points, uh, I'm going to take Iowa State here. All right. 
I like it. Again, think about what that line would have been preseason with what some people thought Oklahoma was going to oh, yeah. be. So it's one of these – at a point where you have factored out preseason data, I keep saying, man, in the preseason. So what I'm saying is irrelevant um, because this is where these teams are right now. All right, SEC is my last one. Of, I'm going to take a road team in a basic coin flip game. This line I don't quite understand. Old Miss minus one and a half at Texas A&M. Old Miss was 7-0, and got pretty handled by LSU last week. Texas A&M's lost four in a row. They suspended a bunch of guys this week. It feels like the program is in free fall. If you Google Texas A&M, the only conversation about Texas A&M right now is the giant buyout that Jimbo Fisher has with that huge contract. And, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? I'm going to fly um, to this game. I'm flying to College Station. I'm going to leave. It's a night game, so I'm going to leave right after the Ohio State-Penn State game. I'm going to go to the post game news conference with Texas A&M. I'm going to grill Jimbo Fisher about what his freaking deal is uh, and then write a column about it and have people say like, why would an Ohio guy <laughs> write about that? So um, I just, I, I still think Ole Miss is, is pretty darn solid and they're, I think they'll be mad because they just lost their first game. And I think Texas A&M is falling apart at the seams. So I'm not sure why this line's only one and a half, but I'll take Ole Miss. Yeah. I, this is one that that is really confusing to me. Also, I, I think this is a case of the smart guys are trying to just like outsmart themselves. And like from a situational standpoint, like South Carolina had a special teams touchdown that had some short fields last week. So like if you want to rationalize South Carolina beating Texas A&M because of that, fine. But even so, I just I don't know how you could bet on Texas A&M right now for all the reasons that you outlined. So I I absolutely would be on on Old Miss in that game for sure. Uh, my SEC pick, I struggled here. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee, Kentucky under 31 and a half in the first half. Um, I like the full game under, but but the line dropped a ton today. I was going to give this out at like under 64 for the game, but but the line has dropped down. It's like 61 right now. Um, so I'm going to take the under 31 and a half for the first half because the first half line didn't. It's like the full game total dropped but the first half total didn't adapt accordingly. So I'm, I'm going to take the value here with the, with the first half line. Um, I think Tennessee's defense is, is undervalued. I mean, they, they catch a lot of flack, but I've got them 24th in opponent adjusted defense. So I don't think they're nearly as bad as, as people think. And the Kentucky offense, I've got ranked 76th. So bad offense, a decent Tennessee defense. Um, you know, obviously if this loses, it's because Hendon Hooker goes crazy and, and I'll live with that. But um, I have no faith in, in Will Levis and the Kentucky offense here. Uh, let's do the Pac-12 with a team that we sort of talked about. You know, you got to learn from what you see. Everybody knows what we thought of the USC-Utah under two weeks ago. USC is now coming off a bye. That game went way over when we thought it would be under because you and I both had real questions about the USC offense. And as Shahan J. Haraja and I have talked about, USC on the college football survivor show. I think, I think like USC's best game of the year is its loss at Utah that they went out and they showed you what the offense can be. That was a tough road environment. Utah had to drive late and score and go for two to win. And so a one point loss there that, that impresses me more than anything USC has done winning. And now USC is coming off a bye. I feel like maybe they're finding themselves a little bit and they are minus 15 and a half at Arizona. 
In their last four games, Arizona beat Colorado, who's a barely functional program right now. Their three other games they lost, and they gave up 49 in all three of those games. So I think this version of the USC offense can get to 49, and I'm not sure Arizona is going to get to 49 minus 15.5, whatever that number would be. So I am comfortable. I wouldn't have been a couple weeks ago comfortable giving 15 and a half points with USC on the road against anybody, but I am comfortable now. So I'll take USC minus 15 and a half at Arizona. We're really on on the same brainwave today. I is another one that I had typed out. I had USC minus 15 and a half, but I came off of it just because I found something I like a little bit better, but I 100% agree with with everything you said there. I, I project that game uh, like 23 and a half, I think. So wow. uh, okay. I, I think I think you'll you'll get that one. Uh my Pac twelve pick is gonna be Stanford team total under twenty four and a half. Uh this is against UCLA. I think I think the UCLA defense is down right now in public perception because of that Oregon game last week. But it it really wasn't as bad as as the score looked, I don't think. Oregon stole a possession uh, in that first half by kicking onside kick. So they, they got an extra possession that they ended up scoring on. So it made it look worse than, you know, any type of predictive metric would, um, would have you believe. So uh, Stanford's only scored 15 and 16 points in their last two games, respectively. And I like I like this game under the full game under, but, the UCLA offense is really good and they've gone over in like five straight games. So I'm just going to narrow this down to Stanford uh, scoring under 24 and a half because their, their offense I've got ranked 90th in the country teams ahead of them offensively are Marshall army, Louisiana, Wyoming, just terrible offenses. So that's how bad Stanford is on offense. So I'm, I'm going to take their team total under 24 and a half. Okay. I like that one too. We'll finish up in the Big Ten. We saved it for last. And this is I'm, – I'm opposite betting myself a little bit here because I, I looked at it. It's sort of a – in the moment, I agree with the bet that I'm going to make, but it's kind of against my overall view of the season and how I viewed things. And, like, the, the, the best thing that I have thought this year, and Shahan and I on the bonus episode of the College Football Survivor Show um, – went through our preseason bets and said, like, this is what we said in July we, we would do. How are they working out? And I had Illinois over four and a half wins as, as one of my bets. And Illinois is already six and one. And I always, when I, only in the Big Ten I do this, but when I do it, I map out everybody's season. I just, I put everybody's schedule out and I go through and I say, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And I say, well, what do we have at the end of the year? So I will tell you that I did wind up picking Illinois, finish second in the Big Ten West. I picked Illinois to be six and one right now. And then I also picked Illinois to lose four of its last five. Now, they're not going to do that. Northwestern's terrible. Michigan State's not very good. They will be better than that. But I, as much as I believed in Illinois this year, I never really thought Illinois was going to go like 11-1. and one. And Nebraska has a pulse. So Illinois is giving 7.5. I'm going to take Nebraska plus 7.5 in this game. I think... Illinois might win without scoring seven. I think Illinois might win like six to three. Nebraska had the last couple weeks. Nebraska's last three results are a 35-21 win over Indiana, a 14-13 win at Rutgers, and a 43-37 loss at Purdue. And I think Purdue's 
pretty solid football team. So I think Illinois will win, but I just think seven and a half is a lot for the way Illinois tries to beat people. So I just think this is more like 17-13 or 20-16, to and I will take Nebraska plus the seven and a half. And I think Illinois could have a very good season, win the Big Ten West, completely overachieve, and lose this game at Nebraska this week. I just I just think Illinois has been skating on an edge a little bit, and you try to look for a spot where Illinois is the better team and they lost Indiana. Illinois should be 7-0. That's the thing about Illinois being 6-1. They should be 7-0. They lost a game where they were clearly the better team. I think they – I mean, they're clearly the better team than Nebraska. I wouldn't be shocked if they – if they lost this game, but at seven and a half feels like a lot. So I'll take the Cornhuskers with those points. I had that same conversation in my head when I was looking through the games this week, because my numbers love Illinois. Like I, I've got this projected like Illinois minus 20, but I just, I looking at it from a, a human standpoint, I can't get there. So I agree with everything you just said. I am going to take Nebraska team total under 20 and a half because like you said i i think nebraska could win this game i think illinois could win this game but no matter what i just i can't imagine a world where nebraska puts up 21 plus on on the illinois defense i think this game is played in the in the teens um or or lower so uh, i'm going to take nebraska team total under 20 and a half okay those are our Power 5 bets. We are not very good at them. We apologize for that. But that is not really money-making time. That is fun to talk about football time. And if you want to sprinkle a little bit here or there, um, so be it. But money-making time, guess what? It's up next after this. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. We're back. T-Shoe. We always do the upset special, and then we give your three best bets. South Carolina, they were the... And were they the upset special last week, or were they just a best bet that they were getting points against Texas A&M? South Carolina was was just a best bet last week because the line was only three, uh, and I like to give these out at a touchdown. But we did hit our, our upset special last week with Liberty over BYU. They oh, yeah. they waxed them. <laughs> it wasn't even it wasn't you even were close. Totally they they totally on that. You were totally on that. Yeah, they they hung was- forty four on on BYU last week. No, I had to go on the College Football Survivor Show and talk about, like, remember when we used to think BYU was really good and now they're 4-4? Four and four? And I was like, who was telling me that they were going to lose to Liberty? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it was T-Shu. So you nailed that upset special. Uh, you had the South Carolina best bet. How did the other two best bets do last week? Good. We we went 2-1 and one again. Uh, that's like okay. four of the last five weeks we've been 2-1. Been and one. So uh, winning winning season there. So that's that's all we can ask for. All right, so why don't we start with the upset special again? What do you have for us this week? All right, uh, this this week was a little harder to come by. There just weren't really the the lines and my projections just didn't quite work out. So pretty much by default, I'm going to take UConn plus 275 on the money line 
against Boston College. Uh, this is at UConn. Um, I actually project UConn as a half point favorite here. Boston College has been terrible. I've got these teams power rated right next to each other at 112 and 113 in the country. So this is two very bad teams playing against each other. But these teams are going in, in opposite directions because UConn's won two out of three games, which is like two more games than they've won in the last five years. And Boston College has gotten blown out in three of their last four. So we've got two basically even teams playing at UConn, trending in opposite directions. I'll take the team that's got almost three to one odds here with uh, with UConn. Tell you what, good old Jeff Halfley, man. People were loving themselves some Halfley in uh, Chestnut Ridge. What is it? Chestnut Hill? Chestnut Hill, I don't yeah. Know <laughs> Chestnut Hill. So uh, I don't know what happened. I, don't, I, thought, I thought they had a good coach and a good quarterback, and they've had a bad season. So – that's football for you. So that is our up, up, upset special. Jim Moore Jr., UConn? No? Yes? Jim Moore Jr.? Yep, that's correct. Right? Former UCLA coach, former uh, Seattle Seahawks coach. I might have coached in the XFL. I'm not sure. So that's where we are with the upset special. What's your first best bet? <gasps> Wait. No. <Nope. laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not back on the rice bin wagon. They're, they're laying like 17 points this week. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh. You've, you, you are, it's one of those things you don't, you, you, you change the news by following them, you know, that like you, by, by betting on rice, I think you've made rice a better team to the point <laughs> where you no longer can bet on them because they've become so respected. So, okay. We, I promise rice, we'll get back to you. I promise. I promise. Also, by the way, um, you know, it'd be a good, like a branch campus for rice. Like if they had rice rights in Houston. And then they said that like a branch campus, like in Corpus Christi or something, and it could be cauliflower rice. Wouldn't that be good? Like <laughs> if it was just like, it's like, it's kind of like rice, but like not exactly. So I'm just less, really less on carbs. a cauliflower rice kick. <laughs> yeah. Less carbs. Yeah. Same grade education, less carbs. Okay. Um, number one, best bet. Best bet. Number one, I'm going to take UCF minus one against Cincinnati. Uh, we we bet against Cincinnati last week with with SMU and that kind of miraculously covered. Uh, SMU probably had no business covering that, but they they got through the back door for us. But I'm going to go with UCF here. Uh, I project UCF minus 11. Cincinnati. I've, I've talked about this the last few weeks. These teams that are still really benefiting from odds makers using preseason projections in in the rating because Cincinnati's done nothing on the field that would warrant these teams being Cincinnati opened as a two point favorite here. Uh, and, and it got bet to, to UCF minus one UCF has been better on both sides of the ball. UCF's 35th in offense and 27th in defense. And Cincinnati is 70th and 53rd uh, respectively. So UCF's just been better. Uh, I like what the market tells me here. 66% of the bets and 90% of the money on UCF. And a, l- a little trend that I found, again, I'm not a huge trends guy. Uh, my betting tip of the week is, is going to involve that. Uh, but Cincinnati's 0-4 this year against the spread on, on the road. So they've they've not traveled well. So I do think that trend was worth noting because it applies to, to mm. this year's team. So uh, every, everything about this tells me UCF is the play here. That's really interesting. That, that, like, that kind of thing would tell you, like Cincinnati is still having a good season, but they're not covering. And so they are still a good football team who is viewed as a great football team in the yep. markets. And there's room to find some value in there. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think they're a good team. They're just clearly overvalued in the market for sure. Okay. Number two, best bet. Number two, I'm going to take 
Cal plus 17 uh, against Oregon. I project this at 15, so there's not a, a ton of value there on on the number, but 17 is a key number, so that is important to to get that. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take this anything less than that, uh, just because 17 is so key. Uh, it opened at just 12 at circa, so the circa odds makers are not that high on on Oregon either. The Cal defense is in the top 45, so I think they can do enough defensively to not just get blown off the field here. And again, this is a an interesting week for for trends that I that I've come across that I think actually do apply because a lot of trends don't. But Justin Wilcox, the Cal coach, is twenty three nine and one against the spread as an underdog. He's seventeen and three of an underdog of seven points or more, and he's seven and zero oh at home as an underdog of seven points or more. Uh, which you know all, all those fit fit the criteria here. I love what the market tells me here. This is this is as much a market play as it is anything because 62% of the bets are on Oregon, but 93% of the money is on Cal. So uh-huh. I, I like what the market tells me here. I like that. I like that the the trend. You know, just kind of a nice cherry on top. And of course, my number likes Cal here. Bo Nix has been really good like the last five weeks. Like the whole like you're not sure what you're getting with Bo Nix and Shahan and I had a long conversation about Oregon on the survivor show this week. And it is very interesting, Tyler, when you try to figure out the pat a player with a long history and a team with a long history. And again, you're talking about trends, right? That when do you believe the past and when do you let go of the past and say, well, this is telling me something different, especially like in the portal era. And so Bo Nix in the past was like, I just don't know if I think that guy's consistently going to get it done, which is like, okay, this is a big number for Oregon to cover against uh, Justin Wilcox is a really respected guy, right? Good defensive guy. Um, But he's played really well lately. So it's one of those things that's hard. I don't know how to view that. But again, for you, and you keep teasing us, like you're going to talk about trends in the betting tip. It's like, well, I don't know what the trends are telling me, but I love that kind of number about Cal because I do think that makes a lot of sense. They're not that talented, but everybody respects Justin Wilcox. And that's exactly the kind of team that covers big numbers as an underdog because you try to do a talent comparison. It's like, well, Mario Cristobal recruited a monster and left it for Dan Landing in Oregon. But Justin Wilcox knows what's up, so that's some good. That's some good conjuring. Did you have to? How much did you have to dig for that? How'd you dig that out? Uh, Justin Wilcox stats. <laughs> I, I I did some digging th- this week. Um, you, you know what this this game or or this Cal team kind of reminds me of like a Mark D'Antonio Michigan State team where like they're not super talented but you know they're going to play great defense play hard and not get blown out by anybody i i think i think that kind of fits the profile here um so i i'll gladly take the 17 here with cal and by the way i i don't know what the what people are saying right now tissue about uh the wisconsin coaching search one year defensive coordinator at wisconsin before he got hired as the head coach at cal like if if they don't I'm not exactly sure about Jim Leonard for some reason. I, I don't know what would, the hesitation would be on Jim Leonard, the interim head coach, but like that might be Justin Wilcox, I think could be a backdoor candidate at Wisconsin and, you know, doing something here against Oregon would be uh you got You always got to find, just like we talked about Hugh Freeze and Liberty last week, you got to find the coaches who are yep. trying to get other jobs. Yeah. You, that's you nailed no that. better way, no better way to motivate your guys than get me a better job than this. <laughs> Go team. Uh, yeah. All right. That's bet. Number three. 
Best bet number three. I'm going to take Old Dominion plus three and a half here against Georgia State. This is another one. And let me preface this by saying, so over the last three weeks since I removed all the preseason data from my numbers, there have been 33 or 34 instances where I project a different favorite than the odds makers. And in those games, my numbers are 23, 10, and one against the spread. This game, as well as UCF's a favorite now, but they opened as, as a dog. Uh, both, both those games fit, fit the criteria. I project Old Dominion as a four-point favorite here. They're catching three and a half points. I've got them power rated 24 spots higher than Georgia State. Uh, they're, they're 76th, and Georgia State is 100th. Uh, they've been better on, on both sides of the ball. You know their their offensive and, and defensive uh, efficiency metrics are better on both sides. Seventy three percent of the bets and eighty eight percent of the money on Old Dominion. So I, I like what the market's telling me here. Uh, and and actually, I, I looked right before we recorded here, and and the public number of bets is actually going down on Old Dominion, but the money is is remaining steady. So I anticipate by game day, the the bets are going to be more even, but the money's still going to heavily favor Old mm-hmm. Dominion. So I like I like what the market's telling me here on this game as well. Okay. When and you actually find th- some- this week, this week I actually have a uh, a bonus uh, Friday night best bet as well. Ooh, bring that as a high school game. <laughs> what are you taking? Yeah. Uh, you're taking <laughs> Greenville, Greenville South against Greenville North. What do you have for us on Friday night? Yeah, fr- Friday night I'm going to take uh, another game that that fits that criteria where I, where I project a different winner than the odds makers. I'm going to take ECU plus three against BYU for a lot of the same reasons I outlined last week with, with Liberty. I think especially after getting their doors blown off by Liberty, I cannot imagine this BYU team shows up on a short week with literally nothing to play for. No conference championship, nothing. Like you said last week, their, their quarterback's going to, what are they playing for a bowl game? Their quarterback's going to sit out. I think this team is toast. I'm going to, as long as the number supports it, I'm going to be looking to try to bet against BYU from here out because I think they're they're done. Uh, I project ECU as a seven and a half point favorite. They've been better on both sides of the ball. Fifty three percent of the bets and sixty two percent of the money on ECU. Uh, I, all signs here point towards a towards an ECU win. I will say all these things that you are saying is not making me hopeful about my preseason fake bet of BYU over seven and a half wins as they sit at four and four. So I might have to fake hedge and fake hedge <laughs> on myself and just come on here and, and and bet fake money against BYU since I bet fake money in the preseason on BYU. But I but I think I when you I want to ask you about this. So the the, the number you cited previously about the, the favorites are reversed. You have a different favorite than the odds mm-hmm. makers. And when you find something like this does that incur? And you're, you've made multiple bets, right, on the reverse favorites, and and now you're looking for BYU. When you feel like you're on to something, like hmm, do, do you lean harder into that? Do you start looking out for okay, I'm always going to go by my numbers, but I'm really on the lookout for any reverse favorites here, and I'm going to hit all of them because so so far I'm 23 and 10 on that, right? Like how how do you gauge that when you feel like maybe you've found something? Yeah, that's a good question. So I do, it does make me, you know, seek out those games first on my sheet. I'm like, okay, where do I have a discrepancy? And then, so then, you know, then I narrow down my list a little bit and then, and then I go look and see what the market's telling me. And if the market doesn't, doesn't agree, if it looks like I might be on the wrong side there, then, then I stay away because even though they have done well, like it's only been a three week sample. So 
for all I know, I'm, I'm due for some regression here and I'm, I'm going to go over this week, you know? So, but yeah. it is, it is something that I, if, if I'm projecting a different favorite than the odds makers and the market's telling me that that's probably the right side, I, I do feel really good about those. And then the other thing, it sounds like when you're talking about something like with BYU, you're talking about an emotional thing. You're talking about a, uh, a subjective thing. So when you feel like you're on that, then are you on the lookout for, I'm really looking for the objective numbers that would pair up with my subjective analysis. And if I'm, if I see both, I'm really, I'm really going to go after that. Yep. Yep. So like, like we talked about with the Notre Dame thing, like coming into this week, I already kind of knew like, okay, Syracuse is coming off, coming off the Clemson game. They're in a terrible spot. I can't wait to see what my number says about about this game because I want to bet Notre Dame. But again, the number didn't work out. The number of like Syracuse by six. So I, I'm staying away. But but no, I, I definitely have those emotional like human things in, in mind and, and try to seek those out uh, with the numbers. But but they have to work. They have to align. I, I'm not going to just like yeah. be bullish on it and, and bet it anyway. Yeah, no, that's what I do, and I'm, and I'm down like eight <laughs> games. Uh, so you're so the bottom line. I, I like that idea of like have subjective feelings, and then if objectively the numbers back it up, then you feel really good about it. But don't let the don't let emotions overcome the math and ignore the math, right? So right, I, I, it's, yeah, you know. it's like it's like we talked about earlier in the season where you say like, okay, I'm just going to bet this over no matter what. It's kind of the same thing. I can't just say I'm going to fade. BYU no matter what because what if BYU's getting what if what if BYU's a 21 point underdog tomorrow night like I wouldn't just bet ECU minus 21 because I think BYU's quit you know that that would be right. irresponsible so okay all right so we're given it we're given advice right now but then there's very specific advice that you think about coming into the week what is your tidbit for our perhaps new sports betters yeah I had, I had someone ask me and th- this was a great a great topic. And we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier with trends, because you'll see, you know, if you follow, I mean, really even, even now, like when you're watching a game on, on TV, on ESPN, like they'll, they'll put up some trends. Uh, you know, this team is 10 and two against the spread in their last 12 matchups with this team or whatever. And so being able to like parse through that information and know what to do with it and when it's relevant and when it's not, I mean, it, there's no, perfect way but i personally when i see trends like especially when you're talking about college football where like the teams turn over so often i don't really care like like for instance this this week i've seen a ton of trends like well michigan state is whatever and whatever against the spread against michigan in their last five match you know in the harbaugh era or whatever okay that's great but like the 2015 michigan state team is not the 2022 Michigan state team, you know, like this is not, it's not the same thing. So you, you have to kind of parse through that information and, and use, use the information we have available to be like, okay, that that's great. And like, if, if you like Michigan state anyway, and like you hear a trend that, you know, kind of is a cherry on top that that's fine, but I wouldn't let it make or break your decision to bet or not bet a game. Yeah, a lot of especially it's laundry trends. Yep. You know, it's not it's not the same coaches, it's not the same players, it's not the same recruiting base. It's it's nothing except they wear green and white. So like what are we what are we doing here? I do think it's a little different even and and I've, you know, 
it's very easy for Ohio State fans. You draw a line, as I was doing it all before the Iowa game. It's like, all right, well, Iowa had never played the real Ryan Day version of Ohio State. So, it, like, I, what does it matter, like, what Iowa did against Ohio State when it was Jim Tressel versus Kirk Ferentz, like, in 2009 and 2010 and Ricky Stanzi and Terrell Pryor, that kind of stuff? That has nothing nothing to do with this. So I think maybe when you have longtime coaches and program styles and that kind of thing, a little of it. But again, 2015 Michigan State, I mean, that you know, it's a tremendously talented team. It's a completely different head coach. I, I do think it's a valuable thing. But by the way, one of when I was in high school, I like ended a writing competition and then I got some stuff and I got to go to like a fancy hotel in New York for the ceremony. And the thing, like the piece that I wrote was like, announcers at a football game citing all these ridiculous stats about like, this is the first time, like, you know, on a Thursday night when your cousin-in-law visits you and brings you lasagna, this team is this. And that was what I wrote about. And for some reason, like I got to go to a hotel for that. And little did I know, Tishu, it was that piece that led me to betting the Buckeyes. Well, I'm grateful. It's, it's funny you say that because as, as we're talking, I was thinking like, what are some other examples I can give? And like, I, one one podcast I listen to, they do a great job breaking down games. But one thing that does kind of like make me laugh a little bit is like some of the trends that they give out. It'll be like, okay, on the la- in their last five Thursday games, and it's like, okay, well, I mean that probably dates back fifteen years. How many how many Thursday games have they could they have possibly played? So like, what what does that matter? What they did fifteen years ago? Like those guys have nothing to do with the bearing on this game. So that that type of stuff is just like you know it, it's interesting. I get it. It's content, but as far as like, is it going to help make you money? I, I would tend to err on the side of like, look at it, enjoy it. It's entertaining, but like, don't let it put you on or off of a bet. Yeah. All right. I feel good. Tissue. I feel good. I think we're both going five and zero oh in our power five picks. You're nailing the best bets. You're nailing the Ohio state bet. So man, we just, that middle segment, that middle segment, I, I think it's 10 and zero this week. So we'll be back next week to see if we're right. We direct you to the to the game preview podcast looking at ohio state penn state nathan steven and i of course will be at the game at noon in beaver stadium for now oh and tyler has a written piece go to cleveland.com slash osu he writes all this stuff out it's another way to consume this information if you feel like oh i was on the treadmill and what was the other best bet i can't remember like what he outlines all the best bets gives you the explanations it's another great way to get a little bit smarter as a better so for tyler shoemaker I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. <laughs>